Hi, I'm Robbie. And I'm Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs is a podcast where we talk about interesting things that we've read or heard and how it relates to the workplace experience. Our goal here is really simple. We want to help all of us expand our workplace toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy, but without a whole new degree. We're purposefully talking about topics in three different scenarios. First, we're going to hit it on a really high level. Second, we'll take we'll talk about how we've experienced it at the lowest level. And finally, we'll share some ways that you can take this back into your own workplace life today. Rami, I hear we're talking about some street smarts today. Street smarts. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about street smarts. So there's this really, really good, I want to say dense, but not dense in that it's like hard to understand dense and that there's a lot of things and it's really good and succinct but there's just a lot so it's called street smarts the subtitle is an all-purpose toolkit for entrepreneurs by norm brodsky and Bo burlingham it's got a lot in there i would say in terms of entrepreneurship it's probably one of the best books that i've read on it mm. i think anybody who is in a management position looking to start a new business like this is this is a book to read and and really start to understand if that's something you you want to take on, right? I think he goes through so many examples that it it really helps give you the context of all the of all the different pieces of advice he's trying to share and all the all the things that you'll run into running running a business. I think just the advice that he gives is 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 really clear and I think having the examples is really helpful in understanding how to go about any type of business venture, especially one where you, you're really leading a lot of it. Mm. So yeah, I think for me, though, the, the part that I want us to focus on this week is really the, the art of negotiation. I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. I think it's something that we, we will certainly have multiple times throughout our, our lives whether it's career and we're negotiating salary or title or equity yep. or we are negotiating on a house or a car or, or a loan or, or, or on a, a date location with someone <laughs> or, or a restaurant, like the art of negotiation goes throughout everything that we do. And so I like the way that he kind of broke this down into like really succinct pieces and in in tips and advice for for how to best negotiate yeah i think we even did a side hugs episode on this last season about negotiating i don't know if it was negotiating salary or negotiating a raise so this is a topic that comes up for people a lot as something that they seem to want to make sure that they know all the tips and tricks on and are doing it quote the right way so what does the book tell us so he really says there's four things to keep in mind whenever you do an interview or an interview a negotiation so let's just start with the first one and we can kind of go through examples of those for ourselves the first one is really that listening is the most important part of any negotiation Mm -hmm. make sure you hear what is really being said yeah i totally agree with that and i think that it can get lost in translation or lost as we think about negotiation. So what comes to mind for me here is when I was negotiating a contract, I did a lot of contracting work as I was building out my coaching practice to where I wanted it to be. It was a great way to subsidize my income and listening for what 
one particular gentleman really said was most important to him. He never directly said it, but through listening, it was very clear to me that, wow, like the most important thing to him and his company is stability. So he's looking for me to sign a long-term contract, but he could give a crap less if I wanted to work part-time, full-time, how much I was going to charge. For him, he just wanted to know that he would be able to have access to me for a year-long period of time. And that was great because that wasn't my number one thing that I was worried about. So I totally love that point about listening. So I think the the big thing with listening, and I think Shannon's hitting it right on the nose, is if you're listening and you really hear what's being said, you can really understand, one, where that person is coming from and what they're looking to get out of this negotiation. Yeah. And I think if you know that, then you are set up to succeed because you know what they're looking for. And if that's not something that you're looking for, it's something that you can you can have concessions on for them to feel like they're winning in the, in the negotiation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the first part. The second part is go in with no preconceptions and always assume the other side is smarter than you. Mm. I'm cringing a little bit at this idea of like always assume that the other person is smarter than you, probably because I coach a lot of folks who tend to like doubt themselves, not believe in themselves. So I'm not looking for somebody to think that. But I do like the concept. For me, maybe I would sub in the word like slippery. <laughs> like they might Slimy. not be smarter than you, but assume that they've. Well, this is telling us to go in with no assumptions, though. Except for the fact that they're smarter than us? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I like this one. I might disagree with this one, but you go for it, Rami. Let me go for it, and then let's disagree. I think the no preconceptions is good. I think you you should come in without assuming anything about what it is that you're negotiating, whether it's a price, whether it's a car. I think not coming in with anything, I think, will help you be more clear and help you to actually listen when you're talking to the person. I think if you come in, let's talk, it's a car. The dealership has to make X amount of sales. I know that they have to make X amount of sales. If my focus is that they just need this sale to be one of their sales, then I'm coming in with a lot of preconceptions. And so I might not be listening to the dealer when he says, we've hit our quota for the month. Like, I don't really care. Because you're saying, well, I know that they need to sell. And every car they need to sell, they just need to sell. And so I think cleansing that I think is important. I think the assumption that the other side is smarter than you is is good in that I think it puts you one preconception list. You're not coming in and saying, okay, I think this is where they're coming at me from. I think two, if you assume they're smarter than you, then you are, I think, more alert. And I think you're you're less willing to to give things up and you're also less willing to to miss speak or or Freudian slip and let them know what your focus is. And so whether the word is smart, it's slippery, whatever it is, I think if you're focused without a without a preconception and you're listening, I think if you're if you're if you're thinking about how they are smarter or slippier, your your focus is really strong on making sure that you don't give anything. And I think yeah. that's what, what the intention is here. Okay. And I'm hearing it as a reframe, maybe, to say, assume that they have an agenda, but that 
you don't know what that agenda is. Correct. So, like, we don't have to assume they're smarter, but we have to assume that they have an agenda, but don't assume that the agenda is a certain quota that they need to hit by the end of the month, or that they care most about price, or whatever, because who the heck knows what they might care most about? And I think that's exactly it, because I think if you come in with that preconception, they just have to invalidate that. They don't have to validate that, because you've come in with that. Yeah. If you come in without anything, anything they tell you now can can become the 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 negotiation point okay i like that one i'm on board with it now we swung we made it (laughs) the next one is number three which is develop the habit of questioning what you see on the surface and digging in to see what is really going on Mm -hmm. so the the thought here is when you start at the high level you're probably seeing the picture that they want to paint for you And so it's as you start to dig in and you start to question everything that that you start to understand. So let's go back to the car situation. You may be looking at a used car. The used car may be in great shape currently. Right. And so it checks all the boxes. Right. It's at the price I want. It's got the mileage I want. It's the color I want, whatever. It's once you get to the next level of, well, let me see the damage report. Let me see, has it been an accident? Has it had this work? Has it had this? Has it had this? And I think it's once you start to get below that level that you really start to to understand what is going on and, mm-hmm. and what could be driving those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear this one as being tied to the first point that you made about listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we need to probe beneath the surface and do great listening in that process to be able to uncover what is their agenda man like they all tie together beautifully i guess and again not making any assumptions about what it might be but instead probing deeper beneath the surface to find out do you have any examples on this one so the examples he gives a lot in the book are when he's buying a business and I, I keep thinking really hard about like what else could work I think the car example is fine um, what I think about here in what his examples were were okay you want to buy this business it on the high level looks good like their sales are good the margins are good and he always says like that's fine I need to see like who, where the sales are coming from who the sales are coming from what percent of sales are attributed to each of the accounts mm-hmm. and so I think it's more just a point of regardless of what you see on the top level that's a story that they want to show you whoever's negotiating with you or whoever's selling you something like that's the story they're going to tell you you need to keep poking underneath the surface and understand all of those things so I, I'm thinking actually of uh, a contract that we're working out with uh, in a a representation group right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they came to us and said, hey, we'd be the perfect rep group for you guys because we've helped these other companies uh, get in and get placement in these stores, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the question to dig below, right, to, to dig below the surface for us was, well, how long did it take you to get them that placement? What was that uh... placement they ended up getting? Well, how many stores was it, right? Like you may have gotten each of them one store and it took you five years. Or you may have gotten them like full chain and it took you six months. So I think digging in and and really saying, okay, you're telling me one thing that's beautiful, but how did, what does that actually mean? And what's the, what's the truth there? What's the full truth? What's the take off my rose colored glasses? 
do people wear those? And <laughs> is that, a, is that a metaphorically? Thing? Metaphorically, they wear them. I don't know if literally, though. There are some new sunglasses trends coming out. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're, like, they're coming back. Half sunglasses. I still don't. Yeah, get those. I like those. That's a Rihanna's. great. That's a great example, though. Of that's really helpful to think about having both worked for a rep group in the past and worked for the retailer in the past. Of yeah, probing deeper. Like, oh, awesome! You're telling me on the surface that this is the thing, but like when, frankly, Rami, this is making me think about people who reach out to me to potentially hire me as their coach, and mm-hmm. I am getting like more hard direct questions sometimes from folks around like okay but what have you helped people transition from and to because Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about making a crazy one here and i want to make sure that you've done crazy before um i can't think of anybody who's asked length of time and i do feel like that's so dependent on the person but yeah great examples of questions to probe deeper versus just 